Hey, and welcome back to Why I Build This, a sub-series of the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Kessler, and on every episode, I bring you an inventor behind an exciting startup that is really trying to make a difference in health and fitness. In today's episode, we got a very young engineer from the Netherlands who hadn't even left the university library quite yet, but already ran two startups in between his lectures. Julian's own personal motivation led him to the creation of a, first well, a university project on how robotics could, you know, solve one of mankind's oldest problems, insomnia. And you know, getting actually good sleep. Just a few years later, and after, of course, tons of work and a successful crowdfunding campaign, Somnox, a robotic sleep pillow, has become a reality. Tune in to hear more about Julian's story and what it's like to go to sleep with a robot. But before we move on, I would like to thank our sponsor Shapescale. Shapescale is a 3D body scanner, scale and fitness tracker. You simply step on it and it digitizes your body composition in photorealistic 3D. Now available on pre-order on shapescale.com. Hey guys, it's Martin from 20 Minute Fitness, and today I have a really interesting guest from the Netherlands, actually, from Europe, and uh, he's working on a really, really interesting product in the sleep space. Julian, why don't you introduce yourself a little? My name is Julian uh, Jachtenberg. I uh, live in the Netherlands, and I am a robotics engineer that, that is trying to help the world sleep better. I'm an industrial design engineer, and since I was a little boy, I wanted to become an inventor, and today I am bringing a sleep robot. To the market yeah tell us a bit more about that because like when i think robot i think like you know like something that's moving around like humanoid robot but that's not quite what somnox is right <laughs> the first thing that people think of usually is like this metal man swinging you to sleep <laughs> it knocks you right out it's not what it is it, it's also not a sex robot some people think that as well so let that be the disclaimer. <laughs> it's um, something you cuddle or hold during the night, like a teddy bear, if you will, uh-huh. uh, like, a, like a pillow almost. It's very soft. It, what it does, it can sense or detect whether you are awake or asleep through sensors. So it measures breathing rate and motion to see whether you're awake or asleep. But it doesn't stop there because there are so many products that are already tracking sleep that our product makes the next step, and that is actively getting you to sleep based upon the data. So if you hold the cushion, it uh, it measures your sleep, but then it will actively help you get to sleep by regulating your breathing and playing audio. And, and how is it doing that? So, so it's playing audio and I'm like adjusting my breathing to that rhythm or so uh, what happens if you hold it you will feel the physical sensation of the falling and rising of the breath and in our studies we actually found the concept of mirroring which is something that happens if you for example hold a baby or uh, a pet that you will synchronize the heartbeat and you also synchronize your breathing rate so that is exactly what we do so you feel the cushion go up and down it synchronizes to your breathing rate and it guides you to very slow uh, buddhistic breathing exercises it's almost like meditating it is yeah it's like your meditation buddy in bed sort of say <laughs> and uh with some speakers inside we can also play white noise lullabies guided meditation that will turn off and turn on during the night and that's what makes it a robot right it can sense whether you are awake or asleep it will analyze what it can do to help you and then it will adjust its breathing and adjust its sounds to make you sleep faster oh that's cool and so how did you come up with that idea like you guys started this project in 2015 right yeah it was was an academic project at first so as i mentioned i am a robotics engineer mm-hmm. and i used to be in the robotics institute of the university of technology delft in the netherlands and 
by the time I was actually building uh, robots that would uh, do order picking, right? So mm -hmm. if you, for example, order something on Amazon, there's a robot to pick your package, not a human. I was creating those robots. But the thing is that I wasn't very excited about those robotics because it was more of a gimmick than I thought it was actually delivering value or that it had impact. And I was very intrigued by the movie uh, Big Hero 6, right? With Baymax. It's like this giant uh, marshmallow white robot, a soft robotic. So I wanted to create a soft robotic instead. And during that time in the Robotics Institute, my mom was sleeping very, very badly. She was basically eating pills in order to get to sleep. And mm -hmm. she wasn't herself anymore because sleep is just so important to not only be healthy, but also to be energetic, be productive, you know, so it's, it's fundamental. So I saw her eating these pills and the general practitioner and all the professionals didn't know anything better than prescribing her pills. So I decided to put my skills to the test as a robotics engineer and create a soft robotic to help my mom sleep. That was just an academic hypothesis. So I researched all sorts of papers about how you could naturally induce sleep. And I found that breathing and audio were proven and effective methods in order to get people to sleep. So I started making prototypes, gave them to my mom. The first ones were horrible, actually. And after a while, it started taking off. How did those look like? Well, the first one was really big. It was like... Um, a very big dog, almost <laughs> the size of it. Uh, it was it was actually making a lot of noise. It, it was very soft, though, but because of all the mechanics inside, you could hear it snore. It was almost like mm -hmm. a robotic snore. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Uh, so my mom told me, "Yeah, this isn't helping me at first. So I optimized, and I was yeah, I had a very quick uh, iteration process with the team. And after a while, we started to make something where she was very happy about, like. She used to wander around the house at 4 a.m. and look at the ceiling, being very stressed and anxious. But now with the robotic, after eight uh, iterations or so, she started falling back asleep again. And that was a very special moment for us because not only did we help my mom, but this could potentially help others. So we started to investigate it more. And at that point, the intent was mostly like to help her fall asleep or also like to, you know, keep her rested, improve like her deep sleep and so forth or... What was like the main intent at the beginning? Yeah, the main intent was really to ha have her sleep longer, right? She fell asleep quite easy at night, but then she would wake up at 2 a.m. and just not being able to fall asleep again. So the objective was to let her sleep longer, but also get her back to sleep in case she would wake up in the middle of the night when she would be anxious and stressed because she's thinking, oh, I need to go to work at 7 a.m. I didn't sleep and I will feel shit tomorrow. So there was this negative thought cycle going on so the goal was to to help her out with that and that is exactly what the robotic does it, it, it soothes body and mind as soon as you feel stressed or anxious and it gets you back to sleep so that you sleep longer in the end to live a more uh, energetic life during the day and, and how did you even know like how to even first go about it like did you follow like some research that was already out there or did you have like some co-founders that were active in that space Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we are with four co-founders in total, all engineers, actually, within a different discipline. So mechanical engineering, software, electrical, you name it. And we bumped into this particular research paper that was done with babies, actually. And what they did is they put a breathing teddy bear 
next to these babies. And what they found was very interesting because they adapted to the exact breathing rhythm of the teddy bear. And where the babies used to be crying and stressful and barely sleeping at all, they were now synchronizing to the breath and the heart rate of the teddy bear that was put next to them. So we took that concept to see if it also applied to adults to help them synchronize their breath and, and heart rate. And uh, we took the research from this existing paper and we put it to the test with our prototype with adults, we started to see the same effect. And that's where we started elaborating on it and see, okay, will this also help my mom or other people? And, and, and yeah, that, that is how it came to be. And uh, how did you decide, like, okay, like, to do that, the best approach would be to have, you know, like, something that's, like, pillow-shaped, almost like the size of, like, one of those teddy bear animals, like, couldn't have been, like, also a different form factor, you know, like, since people move around, like, do they really keep holding, you know, the the device or how does that look yeah so you definitely do not have to hold on uh, to it the whole night that would be a very ridiculous uh, use case i'd say <laughs> uh no the shape came to be because we took a lot of pictures of people sleeping and what their positions looked like and after a while we identified in a heat map that the most frequent comfortable position was laying on your side holding on to something someone or something a pillow a significant other doesn't really matter. So uh, it also has a lot of health advantages to sleep on your side because it uh, prevents snoring and apnea and so on. So the shape actually stimulates you to lay in a certain position and it was inspired on a... Mm. So, so would it also work for somebody that typically would be like, you know, a back or a stomach sleeper? Yeah, you definitely could use it that way. You just need to hold on to it in a different way. But the shape itself is sort of like a fetus. That is also what it was inspired on. So that you can really spoon with it, right? That you can hold on to it and, and yeah, give that feeling of affection. Right. Our design philosophy is not to make things, but to make companions so that it's not something helping you to sleep, but someone. So there's actually also a birth certificate that comes with the, the robot so we can give it a name. Because in our research studies, we found people having a hard time giving it back and starting, uh, starting to give it names. <laughs> okay, uh, so so you were, were working on that, and you were transitioning it, and you came up with a design that was working for people. Then how did you did you launch it, like with some retailers, or like how did you go to market with it, and how did you know who to even target? Yeah, so it, it was, it's kind of funny, I'd say, because we had this prototype that was working for my mom, and we published a research paper in our uh, repository of the university, and we weren't actually planning to make a business out of it, right? It was just an academic project to help an individual but after we published this paper it sort of went viral like a local newspaper started writing about it that there was this robotic that could maybe one day replace the sleeping pill mm -hmm. and a lot of people were reading that re research paper and actually my email was hidden in the paper down below but in a week or so we got a thousand emails of people asking i'm addicted to these pills I'm really stressed about them and I want to get rid of them. I'm very happy to try your prototype. Can I get one? That was very surprising to us because we didn't do any marketing. There was no business intentions whatsoever. But this is, was so unique, right? Not every university project gets that much traction without publishing it. Yeah, that's quite incredible. And then a national newspaper started picking it up. And then from national, we went to uh, the Times in the UK. So we, we went from a thousand emails to, I guess, in total in a month to 10,000 inquiries of people saying, I need something that is not chemical, but that is something that I can hold on to. And that's when we decided, okay, wait a second, we should start a business because within university, you can be very 
pioneer in the field, right? You can experiment and, be, and all sorts of stuff, but it's not the place to commercialize something and to bring something to the market. So we chose Kickstarter, a crowdfunding platform, to get all those people that did an inquiry to help us actually fund the whole manufacturing process. And how did that turn out? Did it work for you? Yeah, it did. We didn't do a Kickstarter before, so I was really surprised by how successful it was. We raised 200% of the initial goal of 100,000. So that was great. We found a lot of partners. We got even more media coverage. And now we have Alping, uh, which is a mattress manufacturer in the Netherlands, to join us on the manufacturing part. So we have a very scalable supply chain. So we can actually bring that once was an academic prototype uh, on a large scale all around the world. Uh, so yeah, the Kickstarter was a real Kickstarter. Wow. And, and that was like in 2017, right? So that was like two years after you had, you know, work, been working on like some early prototypes and really were like at the point where you nailed down, you got some of that press coverage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, we were published in, I guess it was The Verge. Actually, one of our, our colleagues, he flew to The Verge, his, its office in New York to hand over a sample and it, and it really uh, moved the needle, so to say. So that gave uh, a lot of interested early adapters to help us out in the early stage of the company. So it was a really exciting, uh, exciting ride. And we're about to hit the market now. We just did our soft launch. Oh, that's great. Congrats. Yeah, 100 products are now uh, with their owners. And then in March, we are actually hitting the market in uh, retail and so on. Yeah, right. And like before that, you know, like the first two years before you launched Kickstarter, before you got, you know, like all this sudden traction, you know, like from national newspapers and, you know, even the Times in the UK. Did you ever have like any feeling of doubt, you know, because like definitely the space is getting increasingly crowded. I mean, nobody's really doing quite what you are doing, right? But there were quite a few wearables that have been trying to sleep track, but then there have been also, you know, like, I, I guess like Bose that came up with like those sleep buds rather recently. But before that, there were like also already like some level of device that were trying to help you with white noise. I don't think anybody had been really trying to do something with the breathing and the rhythm and so forth. But did you never have like any concerns like, are really people going to buy this or need it? Well, I guess because in the beginning, we didn't do any market research because there was no business intention. It, it was really just to help my mom and that we had the freedom in the university to create something mm -hmm. like this. So we didn't do any competitive intelligence. We were just very open and yeah, actually kind of unexperienced in the field, I would say. And I think the whole industry is doing incremental innovation, right? So there are a lot of trackers and the trackers become better and better and better. But the data on its own actually causes orthosomnia, which is something that is that people that have a Fitbit will go to their health professional and say i have a sleep problem because they see that the data says they're only sleeping for six hours a night whereas they feel fine mm. so i think the whole industry is just copying one another being incremental right yeah. just a small change compared to the other and i think this is a really cool example of innovation that we had a personal problem that we tackled with our skill set so that's how sleep and robotics came to be and i definitely think that the whole market is transitioning towards robotics because robotics in the end also do sleep tracking huh, with the sensors but robotics are the answer on what is the next step after tracking because it's analyzing and acting upon the data rather than just showing you numbers and graphs in the morning it's about actionable insights it's about changing your lights it's about changing the temperature it's about changing your breathing rhythm 
Yeah, that sounds really like it's it's really starting to become really promising for you. And and tell me once again, I don't think we, we covered it. Like, what is actually the price point for consumers to buy one Somnox? Yeah, so it will be available in on March one for five hundred and ninety nine US dollars uh -huh. uh, through Amazon and Bad Bath and Beyond. And we do offer a thirty night trial as well. So in case it doesn't work for you, you always have the opportunity to return it. Because we feel like sleep is a very mysterious and complex activity that we spend a third of our lives doing. But not everyone is aware of what is the cause of their sleep deprivation. Yeah. Right? So that is why we offer this opportunity to try it. And if it doesn't work, you can return it. But we especially find it effective for people that are stressed or anxious and are having a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. Got it. So now you mentioned that you already deliver, you know, the first 100 units How do you facilitate, you know, like keeping in touch with some of those early customers to make sure the product is really delivering on, you know, the value proposition that you guys promise? Yeah. So we have the concept of a one metric that matters. It's the metric that matters most, right? And in our case, it's the daily or uh, sorry, the nightly active users. So the amount of people of the 100 that have currently one that are using it. So we can see in real time because the robot, of course, has the sensors how many people are using it. And it captures the value because if they keep using it, apparently there is value in the product itself. And of course, we can see if they are asleep or awake and we can compare it to the days that they were sleeping more badly. So whether they improved over time. So uh, not only we can we have this objective data coming in in real time to see whether it is delivering upon the promise, but we can also start sending them e emails or phone calls in case we find that they st stopped using it, right? So we can figure out what happened or what is what is going on. So at the moment, we are learning so much and the results have been really cool. I think now it's 95% of the people that bought one are using it actively for the last 30 uh, nights. And five of them didn't because they figured out they either had apnea, it was their partner snoring. So there, again, was another cause of the issue. So the robot would not be able to solve that. So I guess like one, one data point that you might miss though is like, how is their sleep without using Somnox, right? Like, because like there's definitely like many, many different factors involved that affect our sleep, not just, you know, our breathing, but also, you know, the mattress that we use, you know, maybe air quality in our room, probably temperature and stress, uh, what we've been eating, alcohol, all these different factors, right? Like how do you, you know, correct for that? Mm -hmm. So what we did, we also gave these people uh, trackers or they already had one. Like this could be a Fitbit or something. So we can compare, we have some sort of uh, baseline measurement to see how it improved, right? Compared to not having one. So this is not clinical research yet, but it does give us a good indication whether we are actually giving a significant decrease in the time it takes to fall asleep and then a significant increase in the total sleep time. Right. And and so far, early results are looking promising on, on that on that level as well? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, so far, these are early test results, of course, but uh, we found that we see a, a significant decrease in the time it takes to fall asleep of an average of the 40% faster. So people that used to sleep, for example, 30 minutes, it used to take 30 minutes to fall asleep. Now it was 15 minutes. Some people got uh, an hour more uh, sleep because they stopped wandering around the house because they could get back to sleep at 4 a.m. in the morning. So, so far, so good. But we also found these five people of the 100 that had a different issue where it didn't have the desired effect. So that's why we offered a return opportunity. Got it. So now after, you know, like, 
three years of development, what would you say has been like the most difficult part about, you know, being a consumer hardware company that is building an actual sleep product? Well, I guess you're not selling a product, but you're selling a dream. You're selling a promise. That's the whole problem. We sell the promise of you sleeping better with hardware. And you know what they say, hardware is hard. And it is true because it is not as scalable as digital products are. So you will have manufacturing issues. Someone will have a different preference. You need to ship it, the logistics, blah, 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 blah. So I think the, yeah, the, the real challenge is to really identify, hey, what is the specific value that you can actually under-promise and un over-deliver? I think that is just really hard thing to do, especially with a Kickstarter campaign, because you are so early in the process and you already need to make promises about when the delivery will be, about certifications, you will run into issues that you can simply not predict, right? Because it, it is a new to the world product. If it was an incremental innovation, it is easier. But ours, you can literally not compare it to anything. So, right. Yeah. Did, did you get like a lot of pushback from like prospective customers, you know, that have tried already like a lot of different gadgets and few of them delivered really on the promise of improving their sleep? And now you come out with this new device and it's kind of unproven and they kind of have to trust you, right? That you can really deliver. Exactly. So we are very thankful to all the backers and people that supported us so far, which has been, have been actually quite a lot of people already. So yeah, for sure. At this moment, I think it is, uh, yeah, it's a very new to the world product. We're still proving with clinical trials to actually give the proper scientific backup of it working. But yeah, the thing is, the problem is so big and the solutions are so minimal that you need to try whatever works for you. And this just seems, it, it makes so much sense for so much people that this can work for them rather than taking pills or tracking their sleep because that is, to be honest, the only alternative. There's one thing I want to mention. There's one promising solution that I really encourage every listener to try called cognitive behavioral therapy. It's uh, actually a therapy where you be educated about sleep hygiene, sleep restriction, you define your own sleep schedule and so on. And this is a, a clinically proven way of improving your sleep. However, it takes a lot of discipline to get to that point. And uh, with software updates, we will also include this cognitive behavioral therapy within the app that comes with the robotics. So it actually guides as a sleep coach as well, rather than just the breathing and the audio it makes. Right. So where do you really see like the future for Somnox? Like, do you have any big targets that you're trying to hit over the upcoming years? So for us, our main objective is to yeah help everyone sleep better, right? That's the whole point. And only after everyone is sleeping as good as they want, that's when our company is a success, right? So this is a huge, huge challenge. So in the next 10 years, we will have a whole product line of soft robotics that will contribute to better sleep. And this one is helping adults that are stressed and anxious to, to get to sleep better. But when we want to help babies, we want to help elderly, we want to help everyone. And yeah, I was about to ask, like, has anybody, because you mentioned that early on, right, that a lot of it is based on, you know, that study with babies um, and then the teddy bear that is like breathing. Wouldn't that be like an obvious step to do that as well? Because obviously that's also a big issue to pa new parents, right, that their babies keep them awake because they keep waking up during the night. For sure. So this is exactly uh, one of the steps that we want to take, right? But we don't start as a, a baby or a kid product because then you become a teddy bear <laughs> and you will never be able to go to the adult market, right? So that's why we have this trickle-down approach. And simultaneously, we will tap into healthcare as well because a well-rested patient prior and after surgery 
will recover faster than they will without sleep. So there's just so many applications, right? Everyone sleeps, everyone needs sleep. And it's so complex that there is uh, so much to do. And it's not just us, we should collaborate. And this is also my call to action to everyone, anyone that is listening, that I want to partner up with any other people that think they have a good solution, or maybe already a company that is solving sleep, because we need to create an ecosystem where a consumer can choose and or actually gets directed to the right solution that fits his or her lifestyle. Speaking of actually, like wh- wh- where do you see, you know, like the current state of, you know, like let's say the sleep improvement industry, right? I mean, it maybe start with like mattresses, which are actually not that old. And then we have water beds and now we have those foam beds. And now we had, you know, this wave of wearables. Do you see ourselves like at the beginning of, you know, like a new industry that is really trying to improve our sleep? And if so, you know, like, where is it going to be in the future? Are we going to have, are we even going to sleep on beds, you know, like 30 years from now? <laughs> do, you, do you see like that being like completely being disrupted in the future? Yes, for sure. I think that it, it used to be cool, like a batch of honor to be sleep deprived, right? Like you would, you're, you're a cool person to to pull an all-nighter work all night and if you if you sleep you're basically boring and we are transitioning as a society from being conscious about food and exercise to also being aware of the importance of sleep right it's it's the next big trend and you can see this because companies not only us but the whole sleep technology category i just returned from ces in las vegas it is booming there's a whole category on CES with hundreds of companies exhibiting and showcasing their sleep technology products. And wh- why do you think that is? Like, has like anything tremendously changed in terms of the technology? Or is it like some newfound knowledge that we have realized, hey, we have to improve our sleep. We're actually not sleeping that well. I think it is just the general awareness of the problem. The three main pillars of health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. And for the yeah for the whole existence of humankind, like at least in my life, we have just been focusing on nutrition and exercise, right? In high in in, in elementary school, I got lessons about how to eat properly and that I should exercise, but I never had classes about sleeping. And now, as a society and in the media, somehow I'm not I'm not sure why, but everyone is just talking about their sleep and everyone is aware of the fact that it is so important and it's not even yeah that, that that's what i'm curious about like what what was like the turning point what made us change okay i so this isn't a hypothesis like an assumption that i have it is it is due to the 24 7 economy that we nowadays live in right we have artificial lighting all the all the time like we're not exposed to natural daylight anymore so our whole circadian rhythm is shifted and we need to be in touch with the world the entire time so if japan is awake i should be asleep but my work requires me to talk to japan so it makes sense as a society we expect me to be talking to japan whereas i should be sleeping right we're on our phones all the time so i think it's just this momentum of society being connected 24 7 not taking into account our Mm -hmm. circadian rhythm that makes the world transition into a global sleep crisis, causing traffic accidents, health issues, productivity loss. So yeah, this is just the whole problem. And when it comes to the whole industry, mattresses used to be the thing that we were talking about, but it is just a very tiny part of the solution. Cracking the code of great sleep is still a long way to go. 
And I think the whole industry is moving towards some kind of cocoon almost that you can uh, step into, which will regulate all the parameters for you. So it will have the ideal temperature based upon the time of the day, the ideal lighting based upon the time of the day, the music, the breathing, and so on. It will become illegal to drive drowsy because it kills more people than driving under influence. We will be teaching our children how to sleep. I think this is really where it is heading towards. And yeah, robotics and AI will definitely play a big role in this. Yeah, I can definitely see, you know, like a lot of changes, you know, like last 10 years in our industry, you know, like us, you know, like being on our screens constantly, you know, either, you know, smartphones or tablets, TVs, and then, you know, artificial light, like you were saying, it feels like we're definitely being exposed to much more light, to much more disruptions as well. And I think that potentially also disrupts a lot of people, you know, that they're constantly anxious about like the next notification come up. I actually had, you know, just recently, like another interview with um, the CEO of uh, Simple Habit, uh, Yuna. And I mean, that's also like a big thing. I was asking her also like, why, what's the craze about, you know, with meditation? And I think it's a, it's a very similar direction, you know, like people can't focus anymore because they're constantly getting disrupted and yeah i mean yeah definitely think you're right there that you know a lot has been changing in the last 10 years okay yeah i just want to finish off you know with a quick fire round so i'm just going to ask you like a couple questions where you just have to give me like a very quick answer you don't have to think like too long about it or give me like too long answers on them sounds good sure so what did you have for breakfast tomorrow uh, this morning Cereal with yogurt. Excellent. And um, besides Somlux, of course, like, do you have any other health and fitness apps or gadgets that you use in your life? So I uh, really am a tool-obsessed guy, but my favorites are Forest. It's something to uh, stay focused mm -hmm. and Habitify to really track my habits and also get rid of my bad habits and build up my good habits. I use Calm for meditation. Uh, oh, yeah, Muse, of course. I really love Muse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you see they just released a second version of Muse? Kind of looks interesting. Yeah, I actually, uh, they are, they they launched the sleep headband. Actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. So they're getting into the sleep market. And uh, the last one is Weltery. And this is an app that basically tracks my HRV levels, so heart rate variability. And it predicts how my day will be. Wow. Because uh, HRV can predict my stress level. So I can see how my wellness and health is to take that into account before I start my day. It's really, really cool. It's uh, AI driven. You should check it out. Yeah, I've not tried that one yet. Um, do you have like, since you mentioned habits, you have an app for that. Do you, you know, introduce like one habit in your life that dramatically increased it for the better? Oh, yeah. So for me, this was journaling in the morning and the evening. I think it's very famous nowadays. The five minute journal is what I use. So it's basically when I wake up, what am I thankful for? Uh, and in the evening, you write down what happened that made today amazing and how it could be even better. So you, you, you get into this state of gratefulness all the time and it makes your life so much more positive and happy. And it's, it's yeah, it gave me a lot of value just by scribbling a bit for two minutes in the morning and in the evening. Sometimes the best solutions are very yeah, easy. Yeah, it sounds like a really effective habit, actually. Similar to, to what some people use for meditating, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, next question. So can you tell us like one thing that most people get wrong about sleep? Okay, the biggest mistake is that people think that if they were are sleep deprived during the week, that if they sleep for a long time during the weekend, that they basically catch up. <laughs> Yeah, that they can uh, repay their sleep debt. Yeah, yeah, but that's not how it works. That is not how it works. I, I can't stress this enough because I have a lot of lots of friends of mine that used to live like this. They they would sleep for two to four hours every night during the week, 
And then they slept for 10 to 12 hours during the weekend and they thought they were doing a good job. But this is so stupid because you need to have a, a structured sleep schedule, eight hours a night. And that is the only way, I repeat, the only way to get the benefits of proper sleep. So Got it. And finally, I know you already mentioned one book, but would you recommend any other book that our listeners should definitely read? Why We Sleep by Matthew Walkers is one of the greatest books about sleep that I have ever read. So that is something regarding this topic that I would definitely recommend you to read. And why is it so good? Because he doesn't only, he it, it's basically a letter to society that we should take sleep more seriously. And that we have a very wrong approach for the last 15 mm. years. And I think it's just a, a wake-up call to make you aware of sleep and also making it actionable. So not just complaining and stating the problem, but also giving insight in how we, not only as an individual, but also as a society, as an organization, how to solve this problem. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good point. Because like, you know, especially like with, you know, all those wearables, we've become so much aware, like how little we sleep and how badly we sleep. But then what do we do about it, right? Exactly. But anyways, uh, th yeah, thank you so much for, for, for joining the show. Um, I know we are running out of time here. And I just want to wrap it up. Maybe you can tell our listeners um, how they can find more about you and of course, Somnox. Yeah, so... It was great to be here and to talk about sleep. I hope that you will take your sleep more seriously to not only be more healthy, uh, <laughs> but also be more energetic, right? Be the best version of yourselves by sleeping eight hours a night. And in case you need a little hand to improve your sleep, um, maybe our sleep robots can help you. So go to meetsomnox.com. That is M-E-E-T-S-O-M-N-O-X.com and check it out. You can pre-order it and you can always return it in a 30-night trial. And I also want to mention this. I have a free sleep course, which is a video course teaching you about all the things about cognitive behavioral therapy. This is totally free. So if you feel like educating yourself about sleep uh, in this course, you will be upgrading your sleep and therefore your life. So meet somnox.com and had a great time here. Great. Thank you so much. Well, 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 dear listeners, looks like we've hit the end of today's show once again. I feel like I've been I've been speaking to quite a few European entrepreneurs and inventors as of late. It's really telling that fitness and health doesn't really know any borders. And I've come across, truthfully said, quite a few sleeping gadgets. So I was a bit skeptical um, when I when I first heard about Somnox. But it really seems that, you know, Somnox is going beyond simple sleep tracking. And um, hopefully I get one for myself pretty soon as well because you know I'm, I'm sick and tired of just having like some accelerometer based tracking device I really want to have something that helps me get better sleep and and you know fall asleep faster anyways as always we put everything mentioned on our show right on our show notes which you can find at 20minute.fitness also feel free to email us at podcast at 20minute.fitness and just you know let us know your thoughts on the show's content but also You know, don't hesitate um, recommending any potential guests that you might want to see on, on our show. Also, of course, if you're enjoying our podcast, please make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Doing so really helps other listeners to discover this podcast and really share the joy. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Martin Kessler. I hope to see you here next time. Bye.